Just FYI, there is some light swearing around the 22 minute and 35 minute mark if that is something you are sensitive to. Also a heads up, Jennifer talks about some trauma she experienced as a small child. If that is something you are sensitive to, please take care of yourself and come back to this episode when you are ready. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to Laura Asks About Motherhood, where I, Laura Pruitt, ask my guests about their experiences of being a mom. Today's guest is a midwife of 10 years, but she has been in the birth world since 2004 when she worked as a doula. She has two kids, an almost 17-year-old son and a three and a half-year-old daughter. Please welcome my friend who I met in Tempe, Jennifer Hopridge. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. So did you always know that you wanted kids? Actually, I did not want kids (laughs) when I, yeah, my, yeah, when I got married, um, I got married at 21. And so my husband at the time, he was 23. And so, yeah, we weren't planning on having children. And when I got pregnant with my son, Vaughn, I guess I was 24. So yeah, we've been married about three years. And so he was a surprise. And, uh, yeah, I never planned on that or, you know, had read any parenting books or I really didn't know anything at all about parenting and had basically no interest in it. So that's how this journey started out. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) So you were 24. You said you were 24 when you had uh, Vaughn? I was 24 when I got pregnant with him. Okay. I was 25 when he was born. Gotcha. Okay. How did your age affect your mothering or did it? I think it affected my mothering majorly because um, when I was pregnant with Vaughn, I started learning a lot about birth work and that kind of got me into the, just the world of natural medicine because I decided I wanted to birth naturally. And it was really through my pregnancy with him that I got interested in that and, and saw it as a personal empowerment thing. But although I did a lot of research around birth um, and, you know, eating healthfully and those kind of things, um, I really didn't do any research on parenting. I, I didn't even know about the concept of conscious parenting at that time. I just thought, oh, well, you just do it and, you know, you just do what your parents did and I guess. And so like he, he when he was born. I went back to work. I was actually working in the corporate world at that time, like working 60 hours a week as a manager at a health insurance company. And so I went back to work when he was six weeks old and he was in a daycare for 60 hours a week. And um, that's just kind of how we did it. And I just had, you know, just a series of things that didn't work that I would try a new thing. And it was incredibly challenging being young like that and not having any resources or anybody I knew who was parenting from a conscious perspective. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it sounds like you've had quite a journey over your son's lifetime coming to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. I felt like with him, you know, he was like the people say like the practice kid, you know, like my poor son, (laughs) but he was like, he's, you know, I would try out new things. I would start to learn about discipline and things like that. Like I learned about discipline through watching this TV show that was popular at the time. Um, What was it called? The something, the nanny or something like, I don't even know. It was like this thing where she talked all about the naughty chair. Like you have to punish them, put them in the naughty chair. So we had a naughty chair for him and that didn't work. And so I just, yeah, we just try things randomly and see what stuck. And also at the time when I was parenting him, when he was young, I had major anxiety, but I didn't know I had it. So I just thought that's how it was for all parents. It was just terrible all the time. And so as I've gotten older, like I had my daughter when I was 38. So just a major difference in my life and where I was at and my awareness of self and, you know, the ability to like coping techniques for anxiety, all those kind of things. So for her, you know, like now I have read several books and looked at many different parenting styles and done a lot more research and I have a lot of friends who are very active in conscious parenting. So it's something that is a major focus for me in my life. So she she definitely has a lot more time and attention and yeah, just consciousness brought to the relationship. And my son, I've also, you know, he's he's almost 17, but he's still at home, of course. And so I've used a lot of these techniques and tools with him too. And so we had a really rough relationship for most of most of his life, and within the last couple of years, it's improved dramatically um, with a lot of these tools that I've been learning. That's great. How that must be so exciting for you to have a better relationship with him now. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a journey. Like we did, we've done counseling off and on. And, you know, it was really challenging when I went through a divorce with his dad. So his dad and I got divorced in 2011. Um, So Vaughn was six at that time. And so it was rough and the divorce wasn't easy. And, you know, it was hard on my son. And I think that me living alone with him it was like a lot of the anxiety that I had had became even more apparent because I was doing everything by myself and single parenting. And I think that that really was hard on our relationship. Um, And then when I got married again, that actually helped quite a lot. And my husband now we've been married, we've been married for six years together for seven years. And he created a lot of balance in our relationship, the relationship with my son. Um, and he and my son have a really great relationship too. So yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey with him. And I've learned so much about myself and my own areas of personal growth through parenting him and then, uh, and then definitely my daughter too. Beautiful. You've kind of answered a couple of my questions, but do you have anything else to say about how it's been different about having your son and now having your daughter? 
I think, no, I mean, it's just, I would say it's just been a world of difference. Um, like I think the age and the maturity and, and financial stability, more stable relationship. Yeah. All of those things have made a huge difference, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So Vaughn was a surprise. How about your daughter? Junie was planned. Um, so yeah, we, we were really, we were trying for her and I actually knew that she was going to come in about two years before she did. And I knew her name was going to be Juniper and everything. And so, you know, we we're just kind of waiting for right timing for her. And yeah, we only tried for two months and she, yeah, it was really easy to conceive her. And um, yeah, I had like a really easy pregnancy with her. And um, even though there's been a lot of challenges with her, like with my own personal growth and dealing with anxiety and all of that and learning more about my own childhood and some really crazy things that happened in my childhood before I could remember them. Yeah. It, with her, it was great because we had planned her. So we were expecting her. And I think that that helped a lot actually in our connection too. Beautiful. You also mentioned being married, getting divorced, getting married again, and how that kind of affected your parenting along the way. Is there anything else you want to say in, res in response to that? Parenting with a partner versus parenting alone versus parenting with another partner? Yeah, gosh. I mean, my, I mean, both my son's dad and my daughter's dad are really great dads. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. Um, and yeah, I mean, single parenthood, it was, it was a trip because on the one hand, it was really hard, you know, when I was with him alone, um, being the only one responsible for all of his needs, that was very difficult. But we did um, kind of like a modified one week on, one week off parenting. We actually switched on Wednesdays, but otherwise it was one week on, one week off. Um, and so, on the times that I, during the times that I didn't have my son, it was like life was way easier actually. And um, I loved that and I really loved having the time to myself and it was like, great, okay, I've got this whole week where I can clean the house and pay the bills and you know do those things that were necessary. So then when I was with my son, I could be more fully with him. And with the anxiety, um, with how it shows up, if there's conflicting things that I need to do while I'm with either of my children, that's when the anxiety gets kicked up a lot. So being able to just be fully present with him was a really workable system. So it was like, it was just like one week was really, really, really hard. And then one week was really, really, really easy. So, and like I could date and things like that without having to get a babysitter. And so there was, there were definitely some pros to single parenthood. I mean, because I was, I wasn't with him all day, every day. I think that to me, that would be overwhelming. I don't think I would be able to handle that at all. Um, but yeah, and then with my husband now, and especially because he always wanted kids, he's very involved um, with my daughter. And because of my on-call schedule being a midwife, he is kind of on call too. Like sometimes I have to call him out of work even on rare occasion to be with Junie because I have to go to a birth or whatever. And 
he's always up for that. Um, he loves being around her. So yeah, that it's definitely different, you know, being with a partner who loves parenting and is really connected and invested makes life way easier for sure. That's great. That is so sweet that he's like down to be on call with you. <laughs> Aw. He's a very special person. <laughs> yeah, he's, I'm really grateful for him for sure. Backing up a little bit, what, um, when you became a mom, did it change the way other people saw you or treated you? You know, honestly, when I became a mom for the first time, I I really was so not conscious, like I was saying, like I really didn't even really allow my life to change very much. I just tried to sort of fit my son into my life, which was not great. Um, you know, like I said, I was still working 60 hours a week. Um, actually, there was a time within the first year of his life where he had RSV and he was in the hospital for it and I would just go to work. Like I went to work every day and he was in the hospital by himself. And as I look back on that, I'm like, wow, that is really nuts. Like that's really bad. Um, not that it's a judgment on myself because I was doing the best that I could with what I knew and what I had and my mental state and everything. But, um, I was still showing up for people in the same way that I had been before, even sleep deprived and whatever. So I really did not allow myself the space to acclimate to having a baby. I just kept pushing forward. And I think I was young enough where my body could handle that. And, you know, I just was faking it that I was okay and just kind of pushed through um, over the years. And so I think with my son, not really. Um, and I didn't have very many friends who had kids. I had a couple friends who did, and we would hang out here and there. But, you know, I was mostly just working a lot. And then on the weekends, trying to relax. And um, his dad took him a lot as well to go do stuff while I would hang out at home. Or I would take my son to, like, things that were really entertaining for him. Um, so we didn't have a whole lot of bonding. When I had my daughter, yes, I think everyone, it was major. Um, you know, I was, because when I had my daughter, my son was 13. So at that point, it was like I was free again. Like I was, you know, I could leave him alone and go and do whatever I wanted. So it was almost as if I, you know, I had a kid, but he's an older kid. So it was, life was really easy again. <laughs> At that point when I had my daughter and so when I had her of course I had planned to take time off work so I took six months off work instead of six weeks um, and I actually didn't have another birth until a year after she was born so I started seeing clients for prenatals and stuff when she was about six months old but with her I planned a lot like I had postpartum doula support I had breastfeeding support um, yeah, I had just totally cleared out my calendar. I wasn't on call at all for, I guess it was like 11 months or so. I wasn't on call at all. So I made major shifts in my life knowing that I would, and, and I also, I nursed my son for like four months and I nursed my daughter for three years. So nursing has a lot of challenges as well and things that you need to do to prepare for it and 
to accommodate it. And so there were just major shifts. But with my daughter, everyone who is in my life already knew about what it is when you have a baby and how your life changes. And before, when I was in the corporate world, it was like, oh, well, the expectation is, oh, well, now you're, it's six weeks. Now you're like back to normal again. Like everything's just the same as it was before, which is ridiculous. But that was the standard that I was trying to live up to. Um, and it was crazy and crazy making. But yeah, so vastly different um, it, with how everybody else saw me and how I was showing up and what I expected of myself too. Yeah, yeah. Did your um, perception of other people change after you had kids? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think everything changed after I had my son um, and especially after I had my daughter. One thing that I noticed after I had my son, which was just really weird to me, was I used to, before I had him, I loved watching horror movies, like especially cheesy 80s horror movies, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street. I've seen all those like 10 times each. Um, I just loved that. And then after I had my son, I couldn't watch horror movies anymore. Um, and I still can't to this day. Like, I can't watch them because when somebody gets killed, it's just different now. I'm like, Bleh. like, just, I can't be with that anymore in the way that I could before. So I think having my son really changed me to value life in a very different way. Um, and and then also, you know, it helped me to understand, well, I, like I said, originally when I first had him, I was still just trying to do the whole thing, you know, that I had done before and very much in the masculine patriarchal vision of how it is after you have a baby. And over time, I've really come to understand that um, it's a major shift and we need to um, allow for that shift. Um, if we don't, bad things happen to moms and babies and families. And um, like our whole culture actually, I believe really needs to shift majorly to um, acknowledge that when a child comes into the world, it's a big deal and that the mom needs to be supported so she can support the child so that the family can be stable. Because I believe that the the, the mom is the cornerstone of the family. And if the mom is okay, generally speaking, the family is going to be okay. And if the mom's not okay, no one in the family is going to be okay. Not really. So yeah, now, you know, after having kids and going through all of that, I recognize that, um, yeah, we really need to make major shifts in our culture um, if we want to really have healthy people. And it really needs to start with birth and parenting. I agree 100%. Yeah, a lot of our American society, it feels like is set up to, for families to fail. <laughs> like it's not, it's not set up for a family life really at all. You have to really work against what's the status quo to be able to be healthy, it seems like, from my experience and my perception. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I see that all the time, you know, because I've been with over 500 families in my career. And I see that, you know, I see their transition and how challenging it is. And, um, you know, like a lot of my clients are stay at home moms, and that has its own major challenges. You know, we're, 
really are. And then a lot of my clients are trying to go back to work after giving birth. And it's like, I just write them as much as I am like, she needs 40 days at least. Like I write the maximum that I can for my clients, for each and every one of them. Because, you know, in, in other countries, I'm sure you're familiar, Laura, it's like, there are countries where you get a full year paid time off, you know, once you have a baby, that's standard in a lot, in many areas in the world. Some it's up to three years that you get, or where you get like a portion of your payment. It's like 100% the first year, 75% the second year, 50% the third year. Like we, we, it, we're so backwards here with our values, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's just wild and the, the family and moms being supported and taking care of their children, I think is paramount. And that just needs to be acknowledged um, in the workforce and in er every area of life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in the same vein, um, how does your culture affect your mothering? We've talked about American culture, but however you interpret your culture, how does that affect your mothering? Well, I think I live in a bubble. <laughs> I mean, I really do. Like, I, my friends are all very supportive and understand what we're talking about here. Um, and, you know, same with like my clients. And so I think the culture that I'm in, you know, as far as my colleagues and, um, you know, other people that I work with, like breastfeeding counselors and pelvic floor health therapists, and, you know, just all that world, hypnotherapists and Reiki practitioners and all of us who support wellness, um, all wellness practitioners, that's pretty much who I am around all the time. And we all get it. And so, you know, we're all working together to try to make these positive changes. Um, so I feel supported in my mothering, in my culture, but I know that this is not mainstream. Like my culture, I would say is probably counterculture what I surround myself in. Um, and we're working to, to expand this out to the broader culture at large. Um, but yeah, so for me personally, I feel very supported in all of this. Um, and I wish that every woman could feel that. How does your um, spirituality affect the way you mother? Majorly, yeah. I believe that our children choose us as their parents and um it might the spirituality piece helps me a lot because i believe that my daughter and my son chose me knowing that i have anxiety and it's a major part of my life and um they're they're there to help me to grow um through my parenting of them and i'm there to support them and their growth and so just the idea that, okay, I, I, I messed up majorly today, but they knew it coming in, <laughs> that this is the shit that I got in my suitcase and that, you know, it's okay. Um, and I can always apologize. And I always, and I think too, it's been helpful for me with my son. He's old enough now where, and I've been talking to him about this for a while now that you know, in this lifetime, our roles are this. This time around, I'm the parent and you're the child. And so there are certain things that I have life experience with that I, I, I'm here to support you with. And it's my job to help direct you, um, you know, and 
And I think that's helpful. And I've said similar stuff to my daughter, you know, like we're equal, you know, we're equal in our souls and we're both here learning together. We're both students of life together. It's just that I have more experience so far this time around and I have, and it's my job to help you. And I, that's helped a lot. I feel like they both get that. And they're like, okay, cool. You know, it's not that you're like better than me or something like that. It's just that this is the role that you're in and this is the role that I'm in. So that has helped a lot, I think. Um, and I also see my role as a parent to support their spiritual development too. So I really encourage them, you know, to explore, to practice gratitude, to look for God in everyday life. Um, my daughter and I specifically do a lot of spiritual work together um, because my major focus in this life is supporting the divine feminine rising. So like whenever I get my menstrual cycle, we take a, bath, a special bath together and do like mud masks and we eat chocolate together in the bath and listen to special music and have candlelight. And so we talk a lot about those things and we do full moon rituals together and sister circles and stuff like that. So she's really into that and that's a part of her everyday life is connecting with mother earth and nature and the goddess and so it, it it's a way that she and i connect it's a major way that she and i connect is through that spiritual connection with the feminine divinity beautiful that is so sweet. I just have a, a mental image of you and your daughter hanging out in the bath, bun masks on, eating chocolate. That sounds great. <laughs> it is. It's so great. We both really look forward to it every month. Oh, that's so sweet. And what a way to like welcome in the menstrual cycle instead of with like uh, groans and, and aches and pains and stuff. It's like, this is such a joyous time. <laughs> oh yeah. We did. We live it up. Yeah. Like we, you know, I, I use, um, I told you, TMI, like, I don't have it. I don't know what that is. So <laughs> I'm a midwife. So I use, um, like, the menstrual panties, you know. And so we just, you know, I, every moon cycle, I just, like, rinse that into, um, like, a glass container and wring it out. And so we have, like, this beautiful, bright, red, vibrant um, blood water mixture. And we, she goes around with me and we give that to all of our plants, which by the way, since I started doing that are thriving. <laughs> it's, I've been doing that for about a year now and they're doing way better this season than last. And But anyway, so we do that together. We also go out to eat um, somewhere where, like I talk about the nutrition that we need for the menstrual cycle. So like we'll go out to get fa, you know, or something like that where I talk about the electrolytes because we'll get like a coconut that we'll drink together as well. And so it's, I use it as an opportunity to really talk about how beautiful it is. I, I do a lot of meditation when I'm menstruating. So she sees me doing that. And I talk about how we get a lot of divine downloads during that time. So yeah, like I know for when, so when I grew up, when I got my period, I told my mom and she was like, Ugh. so, okay, well, well now we'll have to buy you pads. I'll let your dad know. That was like it. That was the conversation. And so for my daughter, it's a completely different world. You know, like she, that, that it, it just, it's so beautiful. I love that, that I can give that to her. 
And it's a way for me to grow spiritually through my parenting. It's so beautiful. I just have the biggest smile on my face. That is so sweet. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay. So speaking of your mom, um, what is your relationship like with her? Well, um, that is a very interesting story. <laughs> how much time you got? No, okay. So this is, you know, how 2020 was just like major revelatory for so many of us. Um, so many ways. So for me, um, what, like one of the major revelations of 2020 was that I found out that who I thought were my mom and dad were actually my grandparents and that who I thought was my sister was actually my mother, my biological mother, and that I don't know who my biological father is. So I know, right? <laughs> Whoa. So that was major. And what I found out was that um, my biological mother had raised me until I was 18 months old. And then um, she had left me with um, my, my biological grandparents to, to have me as their own. And they had legally adopted me and were basically going to keep the secret to the grave. Um, they only, I only found out because I got, I was having all of these intuitive hits about this and I kept asking my dad and he kept denying it. And then I was having major anxiety with Junie around 18 months old, which is really common that we, when we have trauma triggers in our life, when our children, especially the children that are the same gender as we identify with, when they get to that point, it'll trauma trigger us. Um, we don't even know why necessarily. And anyway, I was working with my counselor. She was like, maybe there's something that happened, you know, like, why don't you ask your dad about this again and be really serious about it and see what he says. And so I did. And then he reluctantly shared this information with me. So, um, yeah, my, my relationship, it's very complicated. My, my adoptive mom, who I thought was my biological mom my whole life until last year, she actually um, passed away in 2009. And so, um, I did not have a close relationship with her. There was a lot of abuse. Um, she was a prescription drug addict, so she was asleep a lot, um, self-medicating. I think she had major depression that was undiagnosed. Um, so we didn't have a close relationship. She never taught me how to do my hair or makeup or, or anything like that. I couldn't have friends over. It was a very strange, lonely childhood. And so now understanding, oh my gosh, well, well, all this had happened, you know, with my biological mom and having her leave me and all of that. So it's put a lot of the pieces together, together for me as far as why I've had so much crazy anxiety as a mom. Um, and especially during those first two years of life for both of my kids, I was just in anxiety literally every moment I was with them. So it's really helped me to understand more now of why I do the things that I do. And, um, and now I can use some techniques and things that I've learned to help me to be more present and to give myself grace and stuff like that. Wow. Wow. That is, I am so sorry for your loss, for the loss of your biological mom. I mean, she's like still alive, but like having that loss when you're 18 months old and then the loss of your adoptive mom, your biological grandma, even, even though 
it sounds like you had a really um, complicated relationship with her. Like it's still a loss. And when someone like that passes away, grief is so hard. You know, it's, it's very, there's lots, lots of emotions. So I'm really glad you have a counselor. I'm really glad you have help to help navigate all that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I am too. And I also have a lot of just really good friends and um, yeah, a lot of techniques that I use. Meditation helps me a lot tremendously. And also like sound healing helps me a lot. Getting regular massages, like just a lot of self-care stuff really helps. Um, and yeah, it is. It's very complicated. Like I, my who I know now is my biological mom. She and I were never close. Um, actually, my parents just talked a lot of smack on her. She was a, a hardcore drug user. Um, she may still be. Um, she lives in like abject poverty. Um, and I would really love to have a relationship with her, but it's kind of scary to consider that now. So I don't know how that's all going to work out. But as it is right now, like she texts a few times a year, like, hey, I'm thinking of you, love you. And I text back, I'm thinking of you, love you too. And that's about the extent of our relationship. So yeah, it's hard not having had a model for conscious mothering. for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you have really tried to work um, to do what it what brings you healing and what will help bring healing for your kids and what maybe you were lacking in your childhood. You're trying to um, provide that for your kids or maybe not. Am I wrong? Oh, okay. Yeah. 100% like touch for instance. Um, like when I was growing up, we didn't touch each other and my family and my parents didn't touch. They, we didn't hug or kiss her. We just, it just wasn't a part of our relationship. And so like with my kids, um, it really was with my son when I would, you know, hug him and I was nursing him and stuff that I learned to feel comfortable with touch. Um, and then now as an adult, you know, knowing a lot about self-care, that's a major part of my self-care is receiving touch, like massage frequently. Like I get massages usually twice a month and it's a major investment, but like you said, it's something I didn't get as a, a child and I, I'm giving that back to myself now. And I touch my daughter constantly. Like we're always massaging each other and um, it's so good. It's so healing. And I think it helps her and her self-esteem and to feel really connected. And I, and my daughter and I are very, very connected. That's so sweet. What is something about motherhood that has been surprising? Let's see. I think um, just how much I feel connected to my daughter was surprising to me because I think I had like heard about that and I had some expectation that I would have that with my son and I am connected with him, but it's very different than how I'm connected with my daughter. And I'm sure there's a multitude of reasons for that. But um, yeah, like, I mean, while I was nursing her, I would like be in, I would be sleeping in my own bed and I would wake up and know that she was awake um, in the other room. And then like three minutes later, she would come in the room. We don't have a monitor. And that would happen all the time. Like I have uh, like the, the intuitive connection with her is pretty mind blowing. Like that, that was a really wonderful surprise that, wow, we just have it. We didn't have to work at it. It just is. And I really love that. Um, 
And I think like motherhood bringing up uh, my own shit was something that was surprising. <laughs> I didn't know about that. But now that I do, I can really look at it and say, okay, I can see these conflicts as opportunities for personal growth for me. Like I notice I'm getting amped up by this when really all I need to do is hold space for my child's emotions and then it will pass. So, yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Um, what is something that's been hard about motherhood? Um, I think mostly for myself, it's, it's the anxiety piece because I really want to be an awesome mom and I know I am an awesome mom. And sometimes the anxiety is so intense that I can't be around my kids Mostly my, it's my daughter at this point, you know, my son's almost 17, so it's not as much with him, but I hate that. Um, like, I really wish that I could just be fully present all the time and spend long periods of time with my daughter. But when I do that, it's not good for both of us. Um, you know, when I'm not okay, when I'm dissociating or, um, you know, super short fuse or whatever, it's not good for either one of us. So it's hard, you know, like I'm, I'm working on creating a balance where we're together and when we're together that it's good and that we can have hard times that we can work through because that's an important part of any relationship, but not pushing it so much that I'm kind of over the edge and not able to be present anymore. And it's a, it's, it's not a cut and dry thing, you know, it's an experimental thing to figure that out. So that has probably been the hardest part is that I would love to be able to be like, I'd love to be able to be a stay-at-home mom. That's something that would, it's kind of like a dream. I would love that. Um, but it's not something that is healthy for me and for my family. So that makes sense. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have a meeting to get to. So just the last question for you. What is something about motherhood that brings you joy? Oh gosh, my daughter's middle name is Joy. Oh, um, yeah, um, and my son actually named her middle name Joy. Oh, isn't that great? So, yeah, I mean, I would say the number one thing that brings me joy is my children's laughter. That is like the ticket. Like whenever I'm doing a meditation or I'm doing some workshop or something, and I need to presence joy for myself, that's what I. I think of is my kids laughing and there's really nothing better than that. Like, I really feel like that is the closest that I get to God. I, I feel like so free and so light and um, yeah, it just, just nourishes my soul. So that those are like those really magical moments in life. That is so sweet. What a great way to end too. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. And so I just really appreciate coming on and, and talking with me. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me on. And thank you for creating this podcast. This is so important and just fascinating. And I can't wait to hear the other parents talking too. So thank you. Jennifer, thank you again so much for talking with me. I know trauma and anxiety aren't always easy to talk about, so I really appreciate you being so open about your journey navigating all of that. 
I am so glad you have professional help and also such a supportive community and that you have so many self-care tools you use to help heal and grow. If any of you listening are experiencing anxiety or symptoms of trauma or any other mental health issue, please reach out to someone. If you're not sure where to start and if you are in the United States, you can call the 24-7 National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. Also, Jennifer, thank you for all your work in supporting women. It is so needed. If any of you listening are in the Phoenix area and interested in home birth, Jennifer's midwife practice is called Moxie Midwifery. You can find the link to her website in the show notes. If any of you want to come on the podcast and share your experiences of being a mom, send me a message. I'd love to chat. You can reach out to me on the Laura Asks About Motherhood Facebook page or Instagram account. Please subscribe and thanks for listening. Thank you.